Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Mandy and the F-Bomb. Hey y'all, welcome back to the F-Bomb. So on this episode, we've got um, some friends of mine, Jerry and Jamie Villarreal. And um, so we're connected a few different ways. Um, Jamie is on the board of a nonprofit that I work with. And um, Jerry is her husband and is an attorney here in town that has represented... um, kids and parents um, who are involved in the foster care system. And they're also foster, were foster parents and have since adopted two little ones that, um, that came through foster care. And so I, you've got such unique perspectives on this whole thing. And so I've been meaning to have y'all in. Thank you for coming. Absolutely. Well, thank you for having us. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so tell me a little bit, Okay, so you've been attorney an attorney here in Waco for a while. Did you start off representing people involved in foster care? Yeah, I, yeah, I did. Um, this is probably what my twenty eighth, twenty ninth year of being a lawyer. So mm-hmm. uh, when we first got involved, when I first got involved, uh, the CPS system was different than it is now. So there were, you know, now we had. Uh, now we have, you know, you get into the system, you have 12 months, mm-hmm. there's a possibility you could get an extra six months, mm-hmm. and then something's got to happen. You either get, yeah. get terminated, you're going to work your services, get your kids mm-hmm. back, something's got to happen. Back when I started, there were no there were no time limits. So cases went on for years, this oh. over and over again. And then when they got to the point where they were going to try a case to terminate, literally we'd get 30 days notice and we'd get appointed They'd give us a file, a box full of stuff, and say, you're going to trial in 30 days. So that's, and you have to brush up on we, well, the yeah, whole history yeah, of the case in 30 yeah. days. We'd and meet be able the client. To... We'd meet the client meet every, and try to get everything ready for 30 days, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I we, bet that was stressful. It was, a lot, it was stressful, and it was, we were trying at that time. Uh, that was back in the, uh, the, the late 90s and early 2000s. We were trying a case a week. Uh, not my, just not me, yeah, but yeah, other yeah. lawyers were trying a case a week in that system, and uh, it was crazy times. Now, when they, you know, because you, you'd meet the client 30 days before, so now we come in on the front end if you're representing a parent, mm-hmm. and we can say, hey, look, this is how you do it. This is what you do. Yeah. Uh, kind of guide them through the system, and, yeah. and it helps the parents that really have the ability to do it. Yep. Uh, it helps them go through the system. I think we all kind of function better if we've got, expectations like and I know every single case is different so it won't look exactly the same but to have at least um 
some parameters. Like, here's how it typically goes. This happens, yeah. then this happens, then this happens. Right. And then it's not as scary. Um, I don't know about you, but like the parents that I've that I've met um, whose kids are in CPS care, um, for the most part, really love their kids Absolutely. and want to work hard to get them back. But it's scary coming, um, and not to generalize too much, but coming from a place where they're not, They've never been involved in the legal system or have been involved in the legal system, but it's been a really terrible experience. Um, it's really intimidating for a lot of them. Um, and I'm sure it's it's comforting is what I'm getting at to be able to know kind of what comes next. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the, 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 the problem is I would say the vast majority of, of parents in the system, uh, I think they love their kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you have some parents that, you know, they have – mental issues or yeah. they, you know, they've come from a background where they, they can't love. Yeah, in a there's way definitely they, exceptions to the rule. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, so the, the, the system is so complicated. If you came into it, you know, I, I always reckon it like when I go to the doctor, mm-hmm. you know, I go to the doctor and they start talking about all of this stuff and I'm like, uh, hello, I'm here. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't understand that. And I don't understand you're grabbing that syringe and you're doing this. Okay. Mm-hmm. What are you going to do with that yeah. stuff? Okay. That's right. You know, at least let me know before you start yeah. doing it. Let yeah, me don't know. come at me. That's right. Don't come at me right because I don't understand what's going on. So yeah. it's that way in the legal system, you know, I mean, yeah. to, to sit down and say, hey, look, this is what's going to happen. And this is going to, what's going to happen. Don't be su- surprised if they say this or if they say that, mm-hmm. Hey, at the end, the judge is going to say, that if you can't provide a, a, a healthy and a safe environment, that, that your rights can be terminated. They're not talking specific to you. She has to say that under yeah. the law. Every case, she's going to say that. So don't get freaked out when you hear her say that. Yeah. Oh, man. And just thinking for a minute, you know, trying to put myself in those shoes to be to hear that from a judge and already be so stressed out and want my kids back. Like, I can imagine how that could just feel so terrifying. Yeah. Yeah, and it's, I mean, anytime you go into the legal system, I mean, I mean, Jamie, Jamie knows, I mean, she deals on a daily basis, she deals with the clients even a lot more than I do. Mm-hmm. And they're calling her on their worst day uh, in their lives. They're coming to us on their, you know, I mean, they've gotten their kids taken away. They're, they're, they, they're getting a divorce yeah. or something's happening to them. Yeah. And, and it's easy for us to uh to get kind of jaded and kind of okay well okay I've heard this story a million mm-hmm. times you know but I mean if you're gonna do that and don't be a lawyer in my yeah. opinion I mean I mean she knows I mean sometimes she's on the phone with people it's more therapeutic than anything else you know yeah yep mm, for sure <laughs> <laughs> Jamie so Jamie tell me a little bit about how so he's an attorney. And what's your role in this besides being an awesome, supportive wife? (laughs) Um, So basically my role is to keep our clients updated on everything that's going on in the case, doing the paperwork that he needs to be done, whatever needs to be drafted or filed or, um, and then just kind of making sure our clients are up to date with everything that's going on and they know exactly what the next step is. And, Mm -hmm. and two, just to calm their fears. I mean, that's a lot of it is because like he said, everyone that walks in our office it's probably one of the worst days of their lives. Yeah. We don't get, you know, people in their best case scenarios coming in. You know, it's not a joyous thing whenever they come to see us. Um, and we do have to make sure that we don't take that lightly because, yeah. you know, it, it you know, we, it, we had a lady come in yesterday who was just distraught. And I'm like, okay, what can we do to make it better? Like, that's what my job is. We yeah. make it better. Oh, my gosh. I love that. And that it so completely suits your personality. Um, 
Okay, so you started out um, representing parents or kids first? I started out representing parents. So I guess I have a question here. Um, for attorneys that represent kids or parents involved in the foster care system, is it typical that they exclusively do one or the other for a time, or can they have a mixture? They could do a mixture. Some oh, okay. counties, they do a mixture. In our county, you usually represent parents or you represent kids. Okay. So, so and there's sometimes they've overlapped, even in our county. Mm -hmm. But I represented parents uh, for a couple of reasons. One, that was the way to get in mm -hmm. uh, to the system and start mm -hmm. getting some work. And then also, since I speak Spanish, oh yeah, I have a lot of Spanish-speaking clients, okay? So there was a particular judge who, after I had been for years representing parents, I was like, hey, I think I'd really be better representing kids. And he was like, I uh, can't help you because we need you on the parents. Mm. So so uh, it took a while before another judge, he retired, another judge came in and said, hey, why do we not have a Spanish-speaking Adelitem? Mm -hmm. And that's how I kind of got my foot in the door to become an Adelitem. Because uh, you were bilingual. Because I, I was bilingual. Yeah, yeah. And, and you wanted to. And I, and I wanted to. And, and, and you know, I didn't, uh, it was easier for me to represent parents than it is to represent kids. You know, it's a lot easier to represent parents. Talk because, to me about that. Well, the kids, you know, uh, for example, uh, when I would go visit my little clients, okay, mm -hmm. and you see them and they would come up and they would say, you know, I'd say, was well, there anything you want me to tell the judge or that you want the judge to know? Mm -hmm. And they'd say, well, I just want to see my mom or I want to see my dad. Mm -hmm. And they're already terminated. So mm -hmm. I know that that's not going to happen. Uh, yeah. I mean, you know, you can ask Jamie that there are many, many times I'd call her on the phone in my in my car and just crying because I was like, oh, man, why are these kids in this system? You know, mm -hmm. and then then you have the really cool stories where 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 people they um uh, you know, they, they find a forever home and, and they find the love that they need and, and, and it, and it, and it's good for them. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and so you don't, cause we weren't, we weren't living with them. I don't mm -hmm. see that part on a daily basis. Of course I do now because yeah. of our two littles, you know? Yeah. Uh, so it's, 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 uh, that part was really hard for me to the extent that at some point, that's kind of when I got out of it because at some point James was like, Hey, this is really kind of jacking you yeah. up. I mean, it's taken an emotional it, it, toll yes, on you. Yes, it, it's taken an emotional toll on you. You're, I was getting really short with my kids. Well, you don't understand. You, you, you think yeah. you got an R. You ought to see what yeah. I, you know, that kind of thing, right? And it wasn't fair to our kids, you know. Yeah. So, so at some point, we we kind of when I became a partner at Dunham, uh, the Dunham and Dunham Law Firm, then I started doing other work, and I was like, hey, let me go ahead and pull out for a while. Yeah. And so now. I am an Adelitem only if there's a Spanish-speaking need. They'll call me. Okay. I, and honestly, I don't even charge them. I just do it. You just know? do it, yeah. And, uh, and, and uh, so I get involved in that. And it's yeah, it's still, I like it because I kind of still have a little bit of a finger in it. But, mm -hmm. but you know, it's more of just to satisfy my personal needs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I guess a question that I have just sitting here, like, talking with you and listening Um so it, it took an emotional toll on you, and you, you were saying, like, sometimes you don't get a lot of opportunity to see kind of the, the long term. That's right. What's going on. Um, so as I know you've got kind of different perspectives because you are an adoptive dad and um, because you've represented both little ones and parents. That's right. So are you still, um, for the most part, of the same, like, I guess of the opinion that reunification should be the goal. 
Oh, starting off. Absolutely. You know, I mean, the the bar. It's not a matter of the bar is set pretty low, and mm-hmm. I always say, "Hey, look, if you can feed the kid, you can shelter the kid. The kid gets sick, you take the kid to the doctor. You make sure the kid gets to school. Mm-hmm. The kid has clothes. They don't have to be the best clothes." You know, I had a case, uh, and it was a grandparent that had two kids. It was two grandparents, two different sets, who had four kids that the parents had lost temporary custody of them. Okay. Two of them were at one grandparent's house, and two of them were at another grandparent's mm-hmm. house. One of the grandparents lived in the Hewitt area. Mm-hmm. So very nice house. I mean, it was great. And they, yeah. and they were taking great care of their, of their grandkids. The other two, I used to say, I'm going to go visit the shack because it was literally a shack. Oh. It, but those kids were just as happy yeah. as the other two. Yeah, it was safe. It just wasn't, you know, palatial, you know. But yeah. it was safe. There was food. There were clo- the kids were always clean, and yeah, you know, the grandparents were just super great. They were just great people. Mm-hmm. So, so I, I thought here are four kids who are just being loved the way they should be. Yeah. In that case, the parents worked very hard. They got they were young. They got their lives back together. They got their kids. So I got to see, you know the reunification of those kids and they were living in a, what really was kind of a old building that they had renovated and it was really mm-hmm. kind of cool. So when I went to my final visit with them, the parents were like, Hey, look, you know, this is not going to say, Hey, no, you don't understand. This is great. You guys are doing great. I mean, you, you, yeah. your success story. So just keep doing what you're doing. Right. Mm-hmm. So, and I see it with our kids. I mean, uh, with, with, uh, with Charlie and, and Christian, Sometimes, uh, as I'm watching them play in the house and those kind of things, and Jamie and I are talking about it, you know, it's just, it, it really is just a miracle that they're with us. You know, we weren't looking for it. Uh, no, no. it you know, so, so yeah, that's why I say it's a lot harder to represent kids than the parents because the parents, if they have addictions, if they, have, mm-hmm. okay, that's, I understand that. And I'm not one of these persons that say, well, you got an addiction to meth. You need to stop. I realize that it's hard to stop. Mm-hmm. I, I get all of that. But if they're trying, yeah, you know, if they're trying, then, you know, I represented some, a kid. The mother had lost seven kids the year before. Now, they all went to family members. Yeah. The next year, she had a kid. She was doing great. Mm-hmm. So the, the state wanted to terminate her. I was like, well, wait a minute. Why, why did you term? you know, what was going on last year? Because I didn't work mm-hmm. the first case. Yeah. Well, she had a drug addiction. She mm-hmm. had all these drug problems. Now, following year, she'd got a hold of all that. Mm-hmm. To this day, she's doing great. She's got that kid. I think she had another kid, and she still sees her other, her other ones that she lost, technically, right, legally. Yeah, but, but has a relationship. But she has with a them. relationship with them. Okay, so you can't you can't fix everybody. All you can do is if they have the basic needs. I don't care what their poverty level is. They need to yeah. be with their mom and their dad. That's right. Okay, that's so, right. Yeah. That's something that I've seen too. That sometimes, um, and it. it a lot of times it's foster parents that have really good intentions, really, really good intentions. And um, rather than think about um, their relationship and what it would mean for kids to be able to grow up with their biological family, they kind of look at their space and go, well, this looks better. Like I can provide more materially. And so this is a better life. Um, and it may afford some different opportunities and stuff like that. But in a lot of cases, you know, these kiddos, they need to be with their families. So we've got these well-intended people, well-intentioned people, I should say, um, who kind of have an outside-looking-in view 
um, and really do want to help, just want to help and um, want to love on kiddos. Um, but then they kind of get into it. And I've seen, and not every single case ends up like this, but I've seen once they kind of allow themselves to empathize with what's going on with the parents and learn a little bit about them and maybe grow some compassion towards them. I think what happens to, to sum it up and kind of distill it down is there's a realization that comes that we're all just people. That's right. We're all just people. Trying to make our way. That's right. Trying to do our best. And I'm of the opinion, I've said it before on the podcast, that I think we're all about three bad decisions, bad situations, bad whatever, away from being exactly in somebody else's shoes that we thought we would never be in. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. We say that all the time. All the time. We tell our kids that all the time. You're one decision away from messing up your life. That's right. You know, uh, you know, we, we laugh. Tell, tell us a story about when, when we went back to Louisiana and the kids wanted to see where you grew up. So a little backstory about myself. I'm originally from Louisiana. I grew up in the trailer park, and I don't have any shame in telling people I grew up in the trailer park because it's part of my history and it's part of who I am and mm -hmm. made me who I am. But it was a little rough growing up in the trailer park, you know. And so my kids, when we first got married, my I had never even taken my biological kids, but I didn't realize that until I say biological kids, my two children outside of our marriage. Because um, y'all have a blended family. We have a blended. Because so, um, y'all had children before y'all met. Exactly. Okay. I had two children. He had two children. We married, had a child, and then we've adopted two. So we have seven all together. <laughs> um, but we treat all, you know, they're all Yeah, they're all kids. your kids. Yeah. Yep. So w the first time I took him to meet my family in Louisiana, which is totally different than people here. Um, I was telling them, you know, like, you're going to expect this, you're going to expect that. And, but I want to take y'all where I came from. And I want y'all to see the trailer park that I grew up in. And so we're driving there. And I don't even think Jerry really knew what to expect if I'm being honest. And we drive through the trailer park and we get to the back in the little cul-de-sac turn area. And I'm like, okay, this is where I grew up. Now there was a much nicer trailer there at the time. Like my trailer wasn't this nice. Like this one actually like, it was like a double wide or something. We didn't have all that fancy stuff, but this is where I grew up. And the kids kind of looked at me, and they were like, this is when we just had the four still, yeah, correct? Yeah, the four. Yeah, we didn't have Cooper yet. Um, but they all just kind of looked at me, and they were like, no, you're, you're lying. This isn't where you grew up. And I'm like, yeah, it is. You know, but it was very humbling for them to see, because our children, for the most part, have never had to, you know, they don't really want for anything or need anything. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, they're very privileged in the fact of, you know, they, they don't have those needs sometimes. But... They, you know, just kind of all looked at each other and were very humbled by the experience that that's exactly where I came from. And so we try to always tell them, like, it really doesn't matter where you come from. You can achieve whatever you set out to achieve, but also don't forget where you came from and don't forget where your parents came from and where your family started. You know, Jerry's dad's family's from Mexico and whatever, all yeah. the sacrifices that they made for him to be here, mm -hmm. right, to meet me one day and then make this incredible family that I think our family's incredible for us and um, but not to forget all of that because there is history in that and you need to know where you came from. That's right. I love that. And that's that's a big thing um, in my family. That, um, So I'm Mexican. My my family is, there's a, a big, um, I guess the culture in our family is one where we honor where we came from. And one of my favorite things to do is sit down with my dad and my uncles and listen to them tell stories mm -hmm. about what it was like growing up and all these these things that are just outrageous that they did whenever they were kids and 
it's some of my favorite things are going back. My family's from Del Rio, so going to Del Rio. And um, my I have a cousin that had a quinceanera last summer and going there and meeting or re-meeting tons of relatives. And they all know me. They all know me. They all love me. I have no idea yeah. exactly who everyone is, <laughs> exactly. but they're just like, hey, Mia, it's so good to see you. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> and it's just, and so it really hit me whenever you said like two kids were here, two kids were there in this shack, but they were so loved. And um, then you talking about where you grew up, like my one of my favorite places on the planet to be is at my grandpa's. And it's just... Um, it used to be my grandma's lot, and it was, um, to, to hear the story be told, it, it was a very low ceilings, um, kind of adobe shack with a dirt floor, and my grandpa um, eventually took over the lot and put a single wide on it, and that's where um, that's where my dad spent his teen, teen years, from what I'm remembering, and um, that's where I would always visit, and I still go visit my grandpa there and it's one of my very favorite places on the planet because it's not about the things it's how much love lives there that's right how much love lives there so i love i thanks for making me think of that that's one of my favorite things my grandmother had a double wide she was she got a fancy trailer later uh-huh. in life and at Christmas time, that was always my favorite place to be because all my cousins would come back and I'm still really, really close to my cousins. And I thank my grandmother for that because she always kept us all unified and together and like just instilled the importance of family and us, my grandmother and my aunt. And, um, but we would have so many people that would spend the night on Christmas Eve that literally we would be sleeping on the floor and like you'd get up to go to the bathroom and you have to step over everyone, but nobody cared that we were in a double wide. Nobody cared. We didn't have a lot of presents. Everybody brought one gift and we did like a Chinese Christmas thingy, swap thingy. And, um, but it wasn't about the gifts and presents. It was just being together. my grandmother always had these crazy games. This year we're going to play this game. And (laughs) one year you had to put a card on your head and I was Dolly Parton and everyone was trying to tell me that I was Dolly Parton. I'm like, I don't know what you're saying. (laughs) Uh, But those are memories that I'll cherish forever. That's right. That's right. I genuinely, besides like, I, you know, I really don't remember my, my, my grandpa and that I'm thinking of my grandpa and Del Rio and my grandma. I don't remember any presents they've ever given me. I'm sure they've given me presents. Mm -hmm. I remember conversations. I remember my grandma, you know, making me a meal. Mm -hmm. I remember those things. I remember looking at the stars with my grandpa and him going like, that's a shooting star and that's a satellite. And just that's what I remember is those things and cousins and the important things. Yeah. 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 That's right. Well, that's what we're trying to provide for the children that we take in or that we try to help because see that's, those are the things that they're missing when they're not with their families. That's right. They're missing all of those memories. They're missing those kind of things when, you know, you have this memory of your grandfather, you, you have your memory of your grandmother. Uh, those are the things that they're missing. You know, so it's it's so, we do this in our daily life. Mandy, I know you do it. Everybody does it. We're so busy sometimes trying to make a living and trying to mm. do these things that that we, we uh, Jamie always says, you know, your problem, Jerry, is that you're, you're, uh, you're living to work. You're not working to live. Yeah. And, and you know, there, there are times when, uh, with our kids that, that the things that they remember and, and this is almost every trip. It's every, it is every trip. The things that we remember are just getting there and coming back and maybe something on the trip, yeah. but, but the fun part is the stuff that happened 
while we're trying to get, car to, ride. get the car ride. Yeah. The car ride. You know, when or, you can imagine a car ride with nine people. Yeah. Something's oh, going yeah. to Something happen. Yeah, something's <laughs> going to happen. You know, but yep. that's what I, I, I look at when I look at foster children and children that are in the system. Uh, you know, we want them to have memories, but good memories. And unfortunately, mm-hmm. a lot of times they don't mm-hmm. uh, because of their circumstances and those kind of things. You know, uh, it's... But it is, I will say this, there there have been now that I'm at a point in my career where Jamie and I and the kids or just Jamie and I will be out and people will come up and they'll say, hey, uh, you probably don't remember me, but you represented me when I was in the system. And what are you doing? Well, hey, we all went to UT. I did this. I'm doing this, that, and the other. Okay. That, now, that doesn't mean that they still don't have some sort of trauma. Of because course. Of their life, but it's really fun to hear their stories. And then I'll look and I'll say, well, I thought, in my, in my mind, I'm thinking, man, this guy was like, or five or three when I was representing them and now they're in college or they're working and you know and that happens all the time and they remember you and they remember me okay because because you know they they that's why we always tell we always tell our kids please be careful what you tell somebody mm-hmm. because you can't ever tell what they're needing to hear or what they're going to remember yeah I, I can't tell you how many or times, the impact of oh, your words yes yeah, the impact of your words because yeah. uh, sometimes whether they be kind or not that's right kind or not you know I can't tell you how many times someone will say, well, you know, you represented me back in this year. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I did. You know what you told me? What did I tell you? Well, you said X, Y, and Z. Yeah. And I'll say, well, that sounds like something I would say. <laughs> and and it really meant a lot to me because I I always remember that and blah, 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 you know. Uh, so so in, in this system, the foster system, I mean, I don't know. I, I think that, that people in general – I'll, I'll just be honest with you. I, I think it has to do with whether you're going to be selfish or not selfish. Mm. Okay? I, I can't tell you how many people have said, Gerald, why in the world would you have adopted two small kids like that? At well, our age. At our age. At our age. And, and, not and that I, we'll uh, spill our age, but we're yeah, older. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I'm older than she is, okay? So, I mean, and I don't really have an answer for them. I don't know. Yeah. Okay, why I did it. Okay? I just did it. Yeah. All right? She just did it. Now, mm-hmm. is it was it a great decision? Absolutely, it was a great decision. Mm-hmm. And and not I'm not even talking about from the kids' perspective. I'm talking yeah. about from my perspective. For you, yeah, yeah, for me. You know, you know. So, so you know, it's it's uh, it, it's it's something that you look at and you think, if I could just get a few more people to help, yeah, okay, then then we could alleviate some of these problems That's that, right. that these kids are having. You know, hey, our two kids. Uh, Charlie and Christian, you know, they're great. Now, mm-hmm. do, do they make us pull out our hair a lot of times? Oh, absolutely. yeah, absolutely. Absolutely they do. You know, That's do I, their job. Do I get frustrated? Does she get frustrated? Yeah, absolutely. But you know what? We get frustrated with our other kids too. Yeah, You know, and, right. and so, you know, it's just. I'm going to stop and brag on Jerry for a minute and tell him a, we had one time we were downtown Waco at a, maybe the farmer's market or some sort of festival mm-hmm. or something. I can't remember. It was years ago, but there was a family that came up to us and same thing. Hey, do you remember me? Blah, blah, blah. And Jerry's like, you know, the dad, he was looking at the dad. He's like, you really look familiar. Can you refresh my memory? And so he tells him who he was, what well, he had teenage children with, you know, it was a whole family, mom, mm-hmm. dad. And there was some older kids. I don't know, remember their exact ages, but, um, he just starts going on and on about the kids and everything the kids were doing. And as soon as he started talking, I had remembered the case and kind of the facts of the case. And cause we deal with a lot of people. So we tend to, you know, and so what, but the guy, I just remember the guy specifically telling Jerry, one of the oldest kids telling Jerry, you have no idea the impact you made on my life. And it just brought me to tears, you know, as his wife, that, that this is, this is why we do what we do because we don't always see the end result. Um, but the few times that we have seen the end result, it's generally been positive. 
And so that's, you know, it's just heartwarming. I I believe it. Which keeps us going, I think. Yeah, well, absolutely. yeah. Because you don't get to see a lot of those things. But when you do, I'm sure it just fills your cup. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And so going back to, to what you said, um, it's about um, being selfish or not. And I think I think I would agree. I feel I feel like that is a a disti- like really distilled way of doing it and really blunt way of saying it. But I think that's that's maybe not true for every single person, and not every single person would or family feels that kind of conviction. Um, but I know for us that was it. It was um, how do we how do we do more, and how do we show our kids that the world is bigger than this bubble that they're growing up in. And so we knew going into it, um, and for us it was, we have, you know, we're, we were one income family um, with four kids already um, going into foster care. And so for us we knew, and we talked to the kids about how this would mean, like not just like financially less, we'd be a little bit thinner, but it would mean, less time and sharing of resources and definitely room sharing and, and stuff like that. And so I think sometimes people have, I know sometimes people have come to me just um, kind of going, what about your kids in this situation? Because listen, we could have just stuck with four kids and that's still a pretty big family for, you know, our culture. Um, So we could have just stuck with four kids and let me tell you, traveling would be easier Mm -hmm. and going on trips and um, Christmases and gosh, only four birthdays instead of eight. It definitely, there would be more um, resources, time, energy, finances um, to go around. Man, but. Something would be missing. It would be missing. It would just be missing. We've, with every kid that's, that has come into our home, of course, in foster care, um, you're not not really sure how long they're going to stay. Um, we thought for a few of our cases that we knew what the outcome was going to be just because of um, we knew the previous cases, but we just weren't sure. So preparing our kids for like, this could be a long term, this could be like just a year, um, which is still a long time, um, but kind of re- reminding them that this isn't just yay, we're bringing home a baby. This is a commitment that may be a lifetime commitment, are you? And so again, we're talking about room sharing. We're talking about babies getting into your stuff and mom and dad may need a little bit more help and um, may mean less time to spend with the big kids until, you know, babies are in bed. And there's a lot of give and take in in a bigger family. And so again, whenever someone asks me, why did you, I can't give them a clear answer why we decided, you know, to keep saying yes, except for us, it was the right thing. It was our right thing to absolutely. do. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, when people ask, and we get the same questions, you know, when people say, well, what, but what about your kids, your yeah. biological kids? Well, yeah, yeah. You know what, you know what it taught them? It's taught them how to share. It's taught them empathy. It's taught them compassion. It's taught them that, you know, they're, we're all the same type of people. Yeah. Okay. Whether we're white, black, brown, yellow polka dot whatever we are you know you know here, here's the thing she had two great kids i had two great kids we, that's four mm-hmm. that's plenty 
Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. It's plenty. Okay, it's plenty. And we had every other weekend and yeah. whatever we yeah. wanted. We would, we would literally, every other weekend the kids would go to the other parent. Mm-hmm. We would fly to Vegas. We would do all this cool stuff. We were living our best life. We were life. living our best life, okay? Then we thought about having a child of our own, mm-hmm. okay? And we talked about it for a year and a half, two years. Should we have a child? Hey, I'm older. Should we have a child? We finally made the decision. We'll have, we'll try to have a child. Boom. She gets pregnant. We have Cooper who's now nine. Mm-hmm. And now we think, how can we not have Cooper, man? He's yeah. like the greatest, right? You know, we want, yeah. we, all right. So, so the, the, the way, but it's funny you talk about like to talking with your kids about sharing and mm-hmm. all of that. When Jerry and I have kind of always talked about, um, you know, just because of our line of work, like, oh, if we could just bring this kid home or would this kid be a good fit? We've kind of always had like talks about, you know, wanting to bring another helping another child or whatever we could do. And we were not looking to foster at the moment. And we were actually on vacation um, whenever we got the call about these two little children. Um, and they just wanted some legal advice and we were helping. And, and that was kind of like at the beginning of our trip, it was like a week long trip. And towards the end of the week, I mean, I just couldn't get the kids out of my mind and I just couldn't, I'm like, Jerry, you know, what about this? And what about that? And they're, you know, they're going to lose their aunt that they're really, really close to. And that's, you know, they're still really, really close to her. And that's a relationship they cherish. And like, you know, it just, I just kept going back and I kept going back and I'm like, well, let's just go and just help. Let's just meet them and let's just help bring diapers, whatever, you know, cause they were mm-hmm. little, younger at the time. And, um, he's like, Jamie, you know, if we go over there, if we take those kids home, you know, what's going to happen. I'm like, that'll be it. I know, but let's just help. Let's, just, you know, and so the Lord was definitely speaking to me at the time, but the whole ride home, we were in Biloxi, the whole ride home, we were talking to our kids about it. Like what, you know, what would this look like for y'all? And, um, our kids never once wavered on the kids coming to our home yeah. and us helping. Never once did they, you know, mm-hmm. and even there was a time we had had the children, I don't know, a couple weeks or so. And it was a Monday morning. We met at the office and I can remember sitting in Jerry's office and I'm bawling. Like, I don't think I can do this. I think we're too old. And like at the time they were like eight months and two and they had a lot of issues. Yeah. And it was, it just took a lot of, um, time and and energy and Mm -hmm. you know like I just don't know that we're the right fit and I don't know that we can do this and so we called our older kids in and kind of talked to them and they're like no they're not going anywhere like we're gonna help we're gonna do this we're gonna you know like everyone just jumped in and started helping and you know and and one of our our daughters had made she did like a little um adoption day awareness video for um when she was a student athlete at Baylor and one of the things that it's I love to hear my kids stories about how it has affected them and one of the things she said was you know you think that you're not enough but what does enough mean define enough right what does it mean and to really they just want someone to love them that's right they don't need 
Air Jordans or PS5s or, you know, they're just normal humans like everybody else. And they really just want a family system that supports them and loves them just yeah. like you would your own children, whatever that looks like. Right. Yeah. And it was really touching. And, and Meredith, our daughter, Meredith, she's like, she comes in, volunteers at a bunch of stuff. And she just has, and she even says now, like, I'm going to adopt one of every kind. I want a black, a white, a Chinese. She wants everybody. A rainbow family. <laughs> she wants a rainbow. Yes. But it's just, they, they're servants. They have that heart, but they've learned that over time. And they've learned that, you know, now when we see people, it's like, what is their story? How did they end up? How did they get to this point? Mm-hmm. Instead of just immediately judging them, oh, they're just yes. going to go buy alcohol if I give them money. No, like, that's what's the story? That's actually one of the things that I've seen with, with my kids specifically is um, a change in seeing someone that looks like they might be homeless. So we'll drive up to a corner and see somebody, and I've heard my kids wonder out loud instead of going like, oh, like what's going on or that guy's homeless or whatever. Their knee jerk now is, I wonder what, their story is what happened yeah what happened that led to this Mm -hmm. and oh my gosh that that is the win for me Mm -hmm. um and it whether it was because of foster care or some other circumstance like that them growing into those types of humans that look at somebody that is in a hard situation and instead of going you're not a good person going oh man what led to this Mm -hmm. That is has been one of the coolest things, and I had my I had my kids on on an episode of of the f bomb, and my son Jace, I was listening to him, and I was like tearing up over here because he was talking about how it's not about you. Like I was asking him, like, what would you tell kids whose parents are thinking about fostering? And I said, he said, well, not to sound harsh, or I don't remember exactly his words, but it was like, you need to grow up. Because it's not all about you and you're going to need to help. And not only that, your parents aren't going to know what they're doing all the time. So you're going to need to be patient and helpful. And I was like, who is this kid? (laughs) My goodness. But that's what we've seen. Whenever people ask, what about your kids? That's what we've seen. And so I think about the alternative. Like, would I go back? So and and. I think of like my four kids that we've adopted and go like, which one, which one would I like look at that? I I love wholly and go, no, shouldn't have said yes to you. Like there's no way, there's no way. There's no way. And, um, so I I think about like the alternative, like, oh yeah, we could have just had four and we would have been able to get them cooler Christmas presents or whatever. But to miss out on all this, like, I just never, never, never could. No. And, and you know, it's funny because uh, forever, uh, Cooper, the nine-year-old. Yeah. You know, I'd say, hey, Coops, uh, let's go to the store. Let's go do it. Oh, no, no, I'll stay at home, Dad. I'll see he's kind of a homebody, you know? Yeah. He's well, not kind of. He is he a homebody. Is a home he's body. a homebody. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So so forever, I'd go, you know, kind of get my feelings hurt. Like, oh, this kid would just go with me, you know? And I, yeah. I didn't want to force him. Like, okay. And I am close to him. But, yeah. you know, as far as that, you know. But now I have uh, Christian, we call him Diggy. You know, I have Diggy. And if I say, hey, Diggy, you want to go to the store? He's like, we're going to the big truck? Yep. You yep. Get in. Load so, up. You load up. So, <laughs> so he's now my riding partner, you know. So anytime I want to go somewhere, hey, Diggy, you want to go? Yep, I'll go with you, Daddy. He's down he, to he, go he's, any he's day. He's down to go any day, you know. And, and so I think even that sounds kind of a small thing, but I think to myself, yeah, Lord knew what he was doing because he knew I really wanted somebody to 
kind of yeah. ride with me and hang out with me. And, and, and Diggy's the guy. Okay. Yeah. You know, he's always ready to go, you know? So yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's when I go, when I talk about being selfish, I, I really, what I, here's what I really mean by that. You know, I'm 58 years old. Okay. I'm not supposed to have a four year old and a three year old in, in my house. Okay. I mean, can I be selfish and say, look, really my nine year, I made a conscious decision along with my wife to say, okay, look, I know there's going to be some problems having a nine year old when I'm, you know, 58 years old, but I'm mm -hmm. willing to do that. Mm -hmm. Okay. And we had Cooper and it's great, but, but, you know, it was not easy. Uh, on the way back from our trip from Biloxi, I was, I told yeah. you, this is perfect. The kids are all older. Cooper's like as chill as they come. This is yeah. perfect. Let's start, let's plan the next one. Right. Yeah. And then, you know, two weeks later, three weeks later, we have these kids in our house. An eight-month-old and a two-year-old. Yeah, an eight-month-old and a two-year-old. And I'm like, what in the world are we doing, you know? Yeah. But, but you know, she, Jamie really had a strong conviction. I'm not saying I did not, but but she had a strong conviction that this was the right thing to do. Mm -hmm. And and it was the right thing to do. For yeah. us and our family, it was the right thing to do, you know? Yeah. And, and now I find myself thinking, Lord, just let me live long enough to see these kids when they're adults. Because yeah. and, and it does. People always say, "Well, keep you younger." Well, it you know it does. It yeah, really does. It you does. know, what I mean, you know, I know a lot of things that my friends don't know because yeah. of these small kids, right? I see you trying to do TikTok that's dances. Right. <laughs> oh, that's right. I've I did. Seen that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, riding so, mechanical bulls. I right. know. That's right. You know, so. <laughs> So, yeah, and, and it's that kind of thing, you know, and, and that's something that Jamie said, hey, look, you know, these kids, that's all they really want. Mm -hmm. That's all they really want from you is they really want your time that's right. and your attention. And they want to have memories of things that you do. That's right. You know, things that you do, you know, and and, uh, and even yesterday it was really sweet. We had I had a set of kids. He had a set of kids. That's kind of the way it goes. And we went to drop off a kid with him and we were leaving. And Charlie, our little girl, she says, Mommy, I just love my daddy. And I'm like, that's just because every girl should have a daddy that they can look up to like that and love. And yeah. that'll enrich her life in so many ways. But a lot of times we get people that say, you know, it's just so great what you're doing for them. And, you know, you've enriched their lives. And But they don't have any idea the impact that they've made on yeah. us personally, our family, mm -hmm. our unit, even his. So Jerry's father lives with us. And, you know, I see him downstairs and he's playing the guitar for him and singing old McDonald had a farm for probably the <laughs> thousandth time of yeah. his life. And, you know, but they've even enriched his life yeah. so much yeah. just being yeah. around him. And I mean, little kids are joyful. They're, you know, they just yeah. are fun. And, and it just amazes me that, they have enriched our lives so much because in my mind, when we started this whole journey, it was how we were going to help them. Mm -hmm. When and in they've reality, helped they've helped us yeah. way more. Well, yeah. And Meredith, it's funny how they, they've all gelled. Of course, they, they got a good taste. We, we were being very, very fortunate that our kids blended very well. They all love each other very, very much. And mm -hmm. it's, and it's not, that's, a, that's kind of unusual, but it, yeah. it, they've done it. And of course, Cooper kind of tied everybody together because he's he was related to everybody. Yep. Right? He's the right? only one. No, he's the only one related to everybody. That's, okay, so that's me and my stepsister. Yeah. So we've we've been sisters since we were four. Me and my stepsister. Um, my dad married her mom, and we've been thick as thieves ever yeah. since. And then they had a son together, my brother Joe, and he just gelled us yeah. even more because yeah, right. he was. We're like he's half Kimber, he's half Mandy. Right. This is the perfect thing ever. Yeah. So. Yeah, but, no, I get it. Yeah, so 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 you see things that if we talk about, well, Meredith did this, or Maddie did this, or Taylor did this, or Cole did this, and and sometimes, well, yeah, well, they got to do this. And I, you know, Taylor, because she's the oldest, she's twenty four, yeah. 
Oh well, yeah, well they you didn't let us me do that. Now <laughs> you know, now you're letting them do it, right? So so Meredith is my baby girl, right? Mm-hmm. From you know, it was it used to be just her Madison, her big sister, then her. Mm-hmm. So now when she's around and and she adores the kids, but she'll if I I'll, I'll get Charlie and I'll say, you know what, Charlie. You're my sweetest, my favorite baby girl, and it just drives me nuts. <laughs> you know? so I was here first, and, you know? and I'm Charlie's, still the baby. And Charlie's very much a diva, and yeah. Meredith was very much a diva, and yeah. so it's like Meredith. I think she has you beat because yeah. <laughs> they have similar personalities. Yeah, they do, right? they do yes. you know. So, uh, but so, then Charlie's also very strong-willed, like my oldest daughter Taylor, who's very strong-willed. Mm-hmm. And I keep thinking this is going to serve you well when you're older because it's serving her well, but it's really yes. hard it's right tough, now. Yeah. Um, Oh, I've got one of those. Yeah. Uh-huh. She'll test you. Yeah. I believe it. Well, one of my favorite things that I've I've heard you talk about um, in another conversation we've had is you were talking about how Meredith is now at Baylor. And so Meredith is Jerry's daughter from a previous marriage. That's right. And um, your oldest daughter, I forget. Taylor. 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 Taylor um, I've got Cole in my head. So Taylor, um, she's at Baylor. She, was, just she was. She just mm-hmm. graduated. She's actually working for the city now in Parks and Rec and doing a lot with kids. But and I, stuff. I remember Meredith was having a hard time, mm-hmm. and I thought it was what the beautiful thing is not that Meredith was having a hard time, but she was dealing with something personal, and she went to Taylor. Mm-hmm. She went to Taylor because Taylor's her big sister, right? And I love that it just hit home for me because yeah. same, my sister's my sister. Mm-hmm. And we and didn't even know actually that, that Taylor had I gone. Know, they didn't, or that Meredith had gone because they have this relationship right. outside right. Of, of, of you us. guys yeah like it's and not it, something that I remember has to do with y'all taylor I calling me and she was like mom meredith just left and she's so upset and i just need y'all to know and it's okay but i and i remember hanging up and telling jerry like that is exactly what we want like this is it this is it you know we, we, we want taught them this yeah. is it yeah. yeah and taylor's and taylor is loyal to a fault when it comes to her family. And she gets that from Jamie. Jamie's well, I mean, Jamie's really sweet, but if you want to see her go crazy, mess with her family. Yeah. Okay. You know, and I'm Remember sure the trailer said, park yeah, we talked yeah, about? Yeah. <laughs> She's like, it'll come out. That comes out very quickly. And Taylor's like that. She's very loyal. And and Meredith, uh all the, I think all the siblings, they're they're they, they go to her. They go to they go to Taylor because Taylor's the strong one and and you know, and of course, you know, as the kids have now gotten older, mm-hmm. they are telling stories of things that happened that we didn't know about. Oh. So, so we found out some things about Meredith. It's probably she, good we didn't know yeah, about. Yeah. We didn't know about. <laughs> and, and of course, Taylor was the one that she called, and Taylor's the one that yeah. went and bailed her out, not out of jail, but I mean, yeah, you know, of, her, the, out, situation. Out of the situation. Yeah. And, you know, picked her up, and I'm like, Meredith, you know, you were the perfect child. She said, Well, I'm still perfect, Dad. <laughs> you know, but 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 they go to Taylor. You know, they go to Taylor, and and and, and they would even say sometimes we probably would have been better off calling you because she gave. Yeah, Taylor. <laughs> she, yeah, yeah, yeah. So hey, I, I made a mistake by calling Taylor. I should have called y'all. You know? <laughs> yeah, she didn't uh, go easy yeah, on me. Hello. No, no, but Taylor does it because she loves them, and of she's, you know, she's uh she's she's very fierce when it comes to them. You know, yeah. and. Uh, I always used to laugh because Taylor's, you know, she's pretty, she's a pretty strong woman and, and a real strong woman. And I'd tell Meredith when she was in high school, I said, what do you do if anybody picks on you? She said, I just call my sister. You That's know? right. You know? <laughs> they know who Taylor is, you know, so, so uh, it, it, that has blended. And then also when you look at uh, Christian and Charlie, I mean, it's so amazing that they have, it's, it's not even like they're adopted. It's not even no. like they were fostered. That's it's right. It's just... They're I don't know just, about you. I don't yeah. look at my my kids, all eight of my kids, and in my head, there's no like, 
you're biological and you're like, they're just all my kids. They're just all my kids. They're just all my kids. And so, and like, I'm not blind. Like I know that they look different than me, but that's not a factor whenever I'm parenting them every day. Do you know what I mean? So I just, I never think about it. So yeah, like you said, it's, It's, but I think some people find that hard to believe, but it is really true because our children, mm -hmm. Hey, when we come home at the end of the day, Charlie runs to her daddy. That's her daddy. She That's doesn't right. know any different. Or when Tay or Mayor come home, the kids run to her just the same yep. way Cooper does. And you know, it's it's yeah. really no different. So and we for we forget sometimes, and not in a way that is disrespectful um to, to our kids and in their cultures, but we just we're just their parents. And so sometimes, you know, our son Knox, he is um he has very, very deep, rich, dark skin, and it's gorgeous and these big eyes that just sparkle out of his face and he's just the most handsome little boy um but he looks starkly different from his daddy who is Mm -hmm. white with blue eyes and um shaves his head and so they go out together and they're at home depot or they're at you know heb because knox wants to be wherever his dad is and i forget like people are like oh wait okay you two go together Okay. And like, for the most part, people are never rude or anything. They're just kind of like, oh, that's not something we see all the time and kind of put the puzzle pieces together. You can watch it click. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I forgot. I had a friend who made me a shirt and it literally says, yes, they are all mine. (laughs) Because we are, I mean, we have white, we have Hispanic, we have black, we have everybody in our family. All kinds. A rainbow. So uh, it it was really kind of funny because, again, we don't see it. I mean, we're used to it. Mm-hmm. But one day we were coming home and, and uh, with the two, with Christian and uh, Cooper and Charlie, and I said, Jamie, do we need to stop by H-E-B real quick? And she said, well, I'll just stay in the car with, with the kids. And I said, no, no, let's all get off. Was, you know, real quick. Oh, because Charlie, she'll throw a fit and this, that, and the other. Okay, no, no, she'll be fine. So, of course, <laughs> we got in and we weren't He should have listened down. to yeah, me. I should have listened to her. <laughs> and Charlie's throwing a major fit. And so I said, you know what? You know what we're going to get? We're just getting a few items. I said, I'm just going to take Charlie. We're going to sit in the car. And she's throwing yeah. a fit. So, and Charlie looks very African-American. Yes. Okay. So I grab her out of the deal and I'm walking through the store. She's screaming bloody murder. And everybody's looking at us. Everybody's looking at us. And they're thinking, is this guy stealing this kid? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, like, make it make sense. Yeah, so what's yeah, happening they, here? This guy's stealing this kid. And, and, and I didn't think about it until I was like, until I got to the car, I said, Jamie, I was surprised someone didn't tackle me. <laughs> she was screaming like like bloody murder, you know? Yeah. Yeah. She's so, a little so, dramatic. Yeah, she's a little dramatic. <laughs> <laughs> so, it, so, I mean. But, like, they probably couldn't figure out, are you even related because you're different colors? Yeah, are you dad? Are you grandpa? What are what you? What are you? Because yeah, yeah. I get that, too, because I'm you older. Like, <laughs> you know, Some I'm awesome uncle? Yeah. Like, what's, yeah. Yeah. what's happening? Going on here? Yeah. 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 It's funny. So, note, he's learned. You know, kids have certain hours of the day. It's just not good That's for right. them. Yeah. Oh, I know it. When we hit about six and everyone's going downhill. Yeah. Anyone done. six and under in my house. That's so right. Yep. That's right. We're done. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And me too. My brain turns off at about then and I'm like, okay, it's bedtime for everyone. Yeah. yeah. So, oh, you guys. So, okay. As we're wrapping it up, one of the things that, um, that I ask all my guests um, is about your F-bomb moment. So the reason I call this podcast Mandy and the F-bomb is because I really feel like it's the things that kind of turn our world upside down that can turn us into the best version of ourselves. And I think foster care is one of those things that just you think you know what you're getting into and like a bomb, it blows up your life. And if you let it, 
it can blow it up for the good. Yeah. So for me, um, that 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 was one of the things that just attracts me to people's stories is tell me the thing. What's the moment or the season or the situation when you were like, oh, man, this foster care thing has changed me. I'm never, never going to be the same again. And it could be your career. It could be your family. Like, what do you think well, it I was? I think as far as foster care, one of the moments for us was when we first got our kids, they have a history. They have, there was the story to them, right? And our little boy was really angry, and he was just just really going through a time and we were trying to adjust to all of that. Cause we didn't, we've never raised children that had any sort of trauma, right. Mm-hmm. Which is different than it's a different type of parenting. Yeah. Um, but it, we had had them a couple months and they had these cute little recliners that I bought in front of the TV for them to watch TV in and Christian um, relaxed in his chair. And we were both and that. That sounds crazy, but he had never, I had never seen him fully relaxed or laugh or any sign of happiness from him. Um, and I remember looking at Jerry and I'm like, look at him. His whole little body just relaxed in that chair. And for me, it was a moment of this is why. This is why these kids need help. This is why we're doing what we're doing, why we're sacrificing so much to help them. And even fast forward to today, He's just a happy little four-year-old running around. He was doing the James Brown this morning, putting his clothes on, you know, wiggling around in his little personalities. You know, his aunt had told us, you know, this is how he used to be. And he's becoming that little boy. And, like, it's really satisfying to watch. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful, actually. I Absolutely. love that. Absolutely. That's a good one. Yeah, I think uh, it's kind of hard to follow that. You I know? mean, goodness. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think, I think that when we talk about an F-bomb moment and, and you want to – directed to foster care. My F-bomb moment really is way before foster care. And, and, and my F-bomb moment was really when Jamie and I met because she was coming out of a relationship that wasn't that great. I was coming out of a relationship that wasn't that great. Uh, you know, we got together and at a time that, every, you know, uh, everybody likes to say, well, you know, she's a, you know, she's a gold digger and she's younger. She's a trophy, that trophy wife, wife. Yeah, trophy <laughs> wife and all this, that and the other. Right. And, 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 and the truth of it is that all I had at that time was just a lot of debt. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, so together, you know, we dug out of debt and we worked together and, and to form the family that we have. Okay. So that is the big F bomb moment that has led to this. It led to blended family and let's get our blended family together. It led to, Let's have a child together. It led to, hey, let's go ahead and take these kids on. Okay, mm-hmm. so that's what's, uh, it's kind of been a progression for, for me uh, to, to, to the point that we are now. And, and so, so, so now I, I think about it in hindsight, you know, it's real easy. Uh, I had a, a situation that happened with Taylor, uh, and I get along, I have, they, Taylor comes to me for specific stuff. And I'd had a bad two weeks, month, and she came, and I reacted in a very not positive way to her, in a way that I've never reacted to her, and I felt so bad afterwards. But but the, but the reality of it is, I said, look, if this is something that, and, and Jamie was good to point out, I said, look, she came to you because of your relationship with her. And I explained to her later, I said, look, this, has, this had nothing to do with you, Tay. Yeah. It had really something to do with everything that was happening to me at that time. Uh, the stress finally got me, and unfortunately, it was you that got the blast. Okay, mm. but but you know, Taylor 
and I, when all, we're all together, Taylor and I will talk for hours about what she's doing in her life, her schedule, and and her the things that she wants to accomplish, and the kids. She's really motivated with these kids, okay? And 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 there are times when when you know we, we're we're kind of broke up in groups, just different people talking at the yeah. house, you know. So so that the, as far as an F bomb moment, it's, it's because of the things that I've learned from Jamie about how to incorporate our family and how to, to, you know, she's the voice of reason that says, Hey, look, you know, Hey, look, dummy, they, they, they're not asking for that. They just want your time, man. I mean, you yeah. know, well, and it's also kind of nice at this point in our marriage. I mean, we've been married for quite a while and, um, but it's always nice to be able to, so a lot of our children, not a lot of them, half of them almost are grown, right. Yeah. Or they're old enough that you can have mm-hmm. real deep conversations with them, but to be able to tell them, Hey, when we first met, we would literally have to charge groceries on a yeah. credit card yeah. because we didn't have enough money to buy groceries yeah. for everyone. And it's humbling for them to understand that now. Thankfully, we don't have to do that now. Although with the amount of <laughs> that we feed, sometimes you wonder. Um, but just to, that we have built this and we have come from really nothing and we've dug our way out and we've, you know, in the midst of all of that, mm-hmm. still been able to create this blended family. We're not all perfect. And we do it. Hey, we have to tell the kids sometimes, yeah. I'm really sorry. Like I had a bad day and I just really need a minute to collect myself or, you know, hey, let's just go in separate rooms for a minute. You know, the big family, there's a yeah. lot of tense moments sometimes. A lot of personalities to yeah. That's right. get together. Yeah. But it doesn't mean there's not love and it doesn't mean, right. you know, that there's not a unit or whatever. You know, hey, Mayor moves into Baylor and everyone of us are over there and we're, and I'm sure her sweet mates are like, what in the world is going on? Because <laughs> she has like a hundred people here. But that's the point. That's yeah. the unity in your family. Not yeah. that you always get along, but you also understand that's when right. you have a bad day or, you know, if I get referred to as a trophy wife, the kids are like, whatever, you know, she works yeah. just as hard as he does. They're real quick to come and defend me. And, um, but you know, that's just part of being the family unit. So for us, it, it, we've just come so far that I really am proud of the family that we've created. Yeah. Um, and yes, our kids are like every other kid. They make mistakes. They do bad things. I know, but... But we learn from them and we move on. Well, and what it sounds like, and this is something, so our family is um, a little bit younger um, than your family because my oldest is only 16. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're a little bit younger than, than your family. But that's the goal, right, is right. that whenever they get older, because um, I'm not going to be around forever and right. their dad's not going to be around forever. So to know that they have each other. And it's building those relationships now between the eight kids that you hope. Well, that's one of the things we talked to our kids about when we took the littles is because we are older and we call Mm -hmm. them the littles, but Charlie and Christian, we are older. And so at some point we're not going to be here, but they're Mm -hmm. still going to have this whole unit. That's right. That's going to be there and rally for them Mm -hmm. and do everything they can to help them. And that goes for Cooper as well. Cooper's got all these older siblings and, you know, they they would take them in in a minute, you know. So I don't necessarily worry as much about that with these as I did whenever I had my oldest daughter. I'm like, well, if something happened to me, where would she go? Yeah. You know? Where's the option? Uh Uh-huh. Right. So I tell her, don't have too many kids because (laughs) you're going to have to take all of ours at some point. I love that. Well, it's 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 uh, it it really is a beautiful thing. And, and, you know, being in a foster community. There's a lot of heartache. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of heartache. And, and you know, for every great thing that happens, there are a hundred things that didn't go right, you know. And the yeah. goal is, it's kind of like uh, this DA that used to be here years and years ago. She had a deal, and I'm sure everybody's heard this story. But, you know, it, it's a story of this kid that's on a 
beach and there's all these starfish that have washed up, you know, mm-hmm. and these kids picking up starfish and they're dying and throwing them back into the sea. And this uh, person comes up and says, hey, what are you doing? He said, well, I'm saving starfish. And he said, you ain't going to be able to save all of them. He says, I can save this one. Boom, he throws yep. another one in there. You know? so, so our goal, I know that we can't, you and Jamie mm-hmm. and myself, That's we right. can't save everybody. Nah. But you know what? We, we saved two, and you saved yours. And if we can get some more people to save one or just get into the community, you know, mm-hmm. you know we just gotta we just gotta fight the good fight. Well and that's and I've said that before too. I agree completely and it's I think if we wait until in our minds we're able to do enough, because it's that it's like what Taylor was saying, like mm-hmm. what's enough? Well, if we wait until we think we're able to do enough that's right. Man, that's all of us waiting for a real long time. That's right. But if all of us just does whatever it is our right thing, and that's not necessarily being a foster parent. Not everyone needs right. to be a foster parent and adopt, but whatever your right thing is that will positively impact kids and families involved in foster care, do that thing. That's right. Because you have no idea um, the collective impact we would have if we would all just stop mm-hmm. waiting to try to be enough and just did our right thing. That's right. right? Oh, you guys, y'all are awesome. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you for having us. Absolutely. Chatting with me. I love this. All right. See y'all next time. Mandy and the F-Bomb is produced by Rogue Media. Make sure to like and follow us on social media, and you can find our show anywhere you get podcasts or at roguemedianetwork.com. This has been a Rogue Media podcast. Thank you.